Hey, welcome to We Are The Church podcast. Today, we have my good friend, Curtis Cross. Um, Curtis is the media pastor at Great Commission Lake City, and he's a comedian, entrepreneur, and does a little bit of everything. Um, welcome, Curtis. Hey, thank you so much, man. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I met you through church, and uh, you really welcomed me with open arms and welcomed me to a camera to help you uh, video the church services, and uh, so I've appreciated your friendship. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, you know, the crazy thing about that, man, is uh, a lot of people, you ask them for help, like, hey, could you help me run a the camera? They kind of, well, I don't know if I can do it, but, you know, you stepped up, so <laughs> I appreciate that, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I figured I couldn't screw it up too bad. You, <laughs> you trained me pretty well. Yes, sir. Um, so the reason I invited you here today, you know, you have a interesting story to tell. Um, you know, I want to talk with people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you've been a great Christian friend to me. And um, so thank you for coming. But I want you to tell me a little bit about your early life, your upbringing. Okay. What kind of shaped you into a man? All right, man. Well, uh, let's see. where. Wow, where should I start? Um, grew up in a... I like to say I, I was born at a, a young age, <laughs> but now I, I grew up in a uh, in a home of all ladies, all ladies, no guys yeah. in our house, none. Yeah. Uh, it was about uh, four or five ladies, pretty much at all times. Right. Uh, you would think that I, I would know how to cook, yeah. but I don't. I don't know how to cook. <laughs> uh, but there was no guys in our house. I remember, as a matter of fact, one of my uh, he's my cousin, an older cousin. He came to my house, came to our house one day, and I was ironing some clothes. And he says, "You know what you're doing?" Like he didn't know that I would know how to do that because you know back then, right? Generally, the ladies would do the clothes and stuff. So he came in and I was ironing clothes. He was like, "Wait a minute, you know what you're doing?" It was kind of crazy how that worked, but uh, yeah, it's kind of not not single parent because I had a lot of aunts and and co- and, and cousins that would help me out. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's that's, you know, the family I came, you know, just being raised up in that that house. And um, I remember it seemed like we went to church every day. Right. It seemed like there was always right. something Bible study, uh, Bible, uh, vacation, Bible school, Sunday church service, revivals. It was like every day we was at church. But, you know, overall, man, just thinking about back on it, um, it was a pretty it was a pretty amazing life. You know, I, I, I didn't have a, a lot of. Uh, negative talk in my house, uh, in our house. As a matter of fact, I worked this job and uh, it was a plant job. And while working at that job, the supervisor, would, he was real hard on me, right? He was real hard on me and uh, he would curse at me, right? Curse, you're not doing it right. And he would just start cursing at me and I would cry. Like I literally would, <laughs> I literally would cry. And the crazy part about this is I was married at the time. So I was married and I would go to the phone booth and call my wife and say, baby, he's he doing it again. I was just crying and because um, I wasn't used to people cursing at me, right? Especially an adult. Right. Uh, that was kind of that was kind of hard, man. But uh, I think it came from that, you know, going back to being raised in that house with all the ladies and these were respectable ladies. And, um, you know, you wouldn't, you know, of course, I would get in trouble every now and then, but you would never hear nobody cuss in my in my house. So. Right. That was kind of like how we came up, man. It was a, it was a good household. Um, I had I felt like I had multiple moms. Okay. Uh, Did you ever feel like you had to be the man of the house, or or were they just such strong women that you never felt that that need? 
yeah, I never really, not really, not really, not until um, a little later on in life. Uh, my mom had brought a house, living with my mom for a little while. At at that moment, I felt okay. I need to be, I need to be the man of this house. You know what I'm saying? I kind of right. felt that, but growing up, I didn't. I was, I felt like I was uh, safe. I think that's the word I want to use. I think I, I felt safe at that time because we had all the. You know, all the love from all of these ladies, you know, versus if I had men, uh, a house full of men, I probably would have been knowing how to fix cars. I don't know how to fix cars. I don't know how to change oil. I do know how to change a tire. <laughs> I don't even know how I learned that. But, um, yeah, so a lot of the stuff that, like, you would normally see men doing, I don't really know how to do. A lot of stuff you see women knowing how to do, I know how to do, except for cook. <laughs> I got you. Yes, sir. Well, you probably had a lot of ladies in the house that could... Do the cooking for oh, you and yes. take care of that. Man. I bet you ate well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. If I stand up right now, you'll probably think I look like a, a baby kangaroo or something, man. But <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. So tell me a little bit about school. You've shared with me that you were a big cut up. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you just always been that way and it, it kept you from taking school seriously? Yeah. Uh, so I failed the fifth grade. I failed the seventh grade and I failed the ninth grade uh, in school. I, I tell this story often and, and people think he's just making something up, like maybe to try to get some people to laugh. But no, it's the truth. I failed the fifth, seventh and ninth uh, grade in school. And, you know, I'm hoping they never go back and check the roll or check the, uh, the scores. I probably never really graduated. I don't know. Man. <laughs> but uh, they gave me something that night when we graduated. But, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was like the class clown. Right. Okay. I was the class clown. I was the guy who um, I used that skill of being able to make people laugh. Right. I used that skill to to get out of a lot of trouble and also to help, um, you know, resolve conflict. There would be people about to fight. Right. And I'll come in there and I might make a little joke and they're kind of, man, yeah, but we was just, yeah, we, we, we cool. We cool. Right. Let's dap it right. up. That kind of stuff. Because I will find a way to say something to kind of change things, right? Um, you know, I always try to smile and stuff, right? Somebody could be having a bad day and I'm trying to smile a little bit. because That, that kind of comes back from that, me being the comedian, like to see people smile, like to see people having fun, not seeing really, not. I don't like to see people like being de depressed and, and, and in that state of mind. So I'm always trying to find out how can I make this person have a better day? Uh, but yeah, but I was a class clown in school, man. Um, you know, it's crazy because after I got out of school, is like now I like to learn. I like to read. I'm often reading books and stuff like that. But in school, I didn't like reading. Um, the only thing I liked really was uh, band and lunch. Okay, those oh, yeah. two things I lo I loved. Uh, but I didn't really like to study, and uh, that that ended up causing my grades to go down, and that's why I failed three grades. Well, you showed a lot of emotional intelligence. Mm. You know, just <clears throat> you're reading the room. Right, you you know when a joke needs to be made. Right, you know how to dissolve a you know situation mm -hmm. whenever there's people angry. And you know there's a lot of kids out there like you that maybe struggle in school, but they excel in other places. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's important for young people to know that even though you you may not excel uh, excel and be successful in school, that uh, you, know, you can do things with your life, and that. We're not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you can't expect a kid to want to learn what you're teaching them. Um, you know, it it really frustrates me 
because school is set up one way and the kids that think outside the box and, and that have certain certain strengths, you know, they're just not able to cater to everyone. And I know that's a, a hard task for them. Right. Um, but you've seemed to be able to, to overcome that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, now what struggles? So we're kind of moving past school and into adulthood. Mm -hmm. So what struggles did you encounter, whether it was with faith or careers? Mm -hmm. You know, Tell me a little bit about that in your, in your life. Uh, a lot of the struggles that I've ran into often comes back to, goes back to what we we're just talking about. You know, like, remember, I like to make people smile. I like, to people, I like for people to have fun. I don't like for people to be depressed. And often, you know, I like for people to do better than, than they think they can do, right? Uh, and that kind of makes me, it's a struggle for me, right? It's a struggle for me when I have, um, you know, maybe someone I'm, I'm trying to help in life with any situation and I see that they can do more. It's almost like the coach in me comes out. I, I want them to do better, but they're holding themselves back. I struggle with that. Um, I've ran into um, struggling with kind of the same type of thing when it comes to church, right? I want people to go to church, right? Find a church, find a church where you're getting the word, be happy, you know, love on people. And, you know, maybe they're like, nah, I don't see the need, right? I, I kind of struggle with that. It's like I want to, without forcing it on, like how can I get that person to understand what I'm trying to say without them feeling like they're pushed, uh, you know, uh, to a decision, so to speak. Um, also, oh, here, here's, here's one. So, Generally, you know, if, if growing up, growing up, I had friends that would like to party. I wanted yep. to go to the party, and we wanted to come out with this. I struggled with that, you know. So even times sure. where I would go, you know, I didn't really know how to dance. Or if I knew how to dance, it would be like the old school dance moves, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I would struggle. It's like, uh, you know, man, I don't want to look like, you know, some goofball over here in the corner. But um, it's, it's kind of like because I didn't have – male figures in my house you know I wasn't taught like okay Curtis here's how you you act when when you know you want to you want to date somebody well here's how you ask the ladies out like I didn't really know how to do that so most of the relationships that I've been in was uh the ladies kind of like approach me because I didn't know how it would be like we like each other but I ain't saying nothing you know what I mean <laughs> so I'm gonna just stay over here by myself but um yeah man that's just just you know some of the things just kind of come to mind right off um, I like helping people, man. I want I want everybody to do well. I think everybody can do well if they put their mind to it, right? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do well at the things that we want to do well in. In most cases, you know, a person can say, "Well, I'm not good at doing this." So if they say, "I'm not good at doing this," they typically won't try to learn it. They'll right. they'll focus on the things that they're good at doing. Yeah, you know. So where me, I like challenges, right? I might not be good at. Playing golf is a good example. I can't play golf very well, but I'm better now than I was a year ago. You know, so I'm I, I'm taking the challenge of I want to get better. I want to excel. So if there's if it's a challenge, I'm for it. Okay, well, mm -hmm. tell me about meeting Miss Bev, uh -oh. your, your lovely wife. Uh oh. <laughs> All right, so man, um, where do we start? Okay, so I was in this. Um, I was at a. It was a basketball game in our. In our community, it wasn't our. It wasn't. I'm from Marion. It wasn't Marion, uh, but it was uh, in um, a city. I think they call it Terrace Bay. It was Terrace Bay High School. There was a 
uh, a game going on and I said I was going to go. I just wanted to go. I think the reason I really wanted to go because I had just got a car. I just got a Honda Accord. And I, I think I wanted to go show off. Maybe that's right. what it was. I don't remember. <laughs> but I, so I get there to the school and I see, I see Bev. Now, the reason I knew it was Bev is because my wife and I, we grew up together. Right. My mom used to babysit her. Her, her, her mom, my wife's mom and dad are pastors, so they were on the road quite a bit. Uh, so when they were on the road, my mom would 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 keep her. And okay. at the age of about, I probably was about five or six, I told Bev that I was going to marry her. Oh wow! I said I'm going to marry you. Actually, we have the picture of that day <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, I told her I was going to marry her. And um, you know, of course, you know, we didn't get married right then, of course. But it was a while, for a while I didn't see her, right? And I guess okay. it was because she's got a little older. They can kind of, you know, take care of themselves at that point. And um, they would travel with their mom and dad often. So I didn't see her. It was a long time since I seen her again. So I, I went to the game this night driving my, my, my new car. And I see her in the audience. I'm like, this Bill. I'm like waving and stuff. It's <laughs> like, like that. And um, coming back, coming back from that game, um, I'm driving my car. I look ahead, and it's Bev, right? So I'm like, that's Bev. So I'm trying to show off, and I go around her, pass her, you know what I'm saying, throw my hands up like this, and I keep driving. Next thing I know, she's passing me. She's throwing her head. I'm like, you ain't going to beat me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm Curtis Cross. So I drive a little faster, and I pass her again. And um, I think she passed me, and I let her pass her the last time. And she pulls over at a gas station, at a, a gas station in Marion. So... She pulls over the gas station. Like, hey, I got to pull over too. You know what I'm saying? So I pulled over the gas station. I didn't need nothing from the gas station, but I went in. And um, I'm just grabbing a couple of things that I didn't even need. And she's at the counter. I see her at the counter, and she's about to pay for her stuff. And I'm like, nah, I got to take care of this. You know what I'm saying? So I went over there. It was just a couple of dollars. And, and I'm grateful because I didn't have a lot of money. So, <laughs> so I, I, I said, I got this. I got this. And I paid for it. And... Um, it kind of started from there. Um, you know, one of my friends uh, that we all went to church together, and um, he was he was like, um, "Hey, you know, um, Bev said, what's your number?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm in there." You know what I'm saying? So right. I gave her my number, and uh, that's really how it started, man. So we we you know all the way back in the day, we were raised together. Didn't see each other for a while. Went to this game that kind of kind of refueled it. Um, she asked for my phone number. I remember I gave the number I gave her was one of those. I don't know if you remember back in the day we had these bag phones that you yep. could like ride in your car with. Oh yeah, yeah. I had one of those bag phones, and um, I knew that her parents wouldn't have nobody at her house late. I knew that, right? So I remember I pulled over at a Burger King, and we we're talking on the phone. Man, I bet we talked on the phone to probably three or four in the morning. Wow. Like that phone bill was so like I never paid that phone bill. Okay, <laughs> we got a confession, everybody. We, we got a confession. I never paid that phone bill. But uh, yeah, man, that's that's but that's where it started, at, man. And um, you know, it was it's was, it was pretty amazing, man. Because I I always wanted, I always said that I when I get married, and I actually forgot about you know me telling me I was gonna marry her back then. But um, it's it's amazing that I always said that I wanted to have a wife who was musically inclined, could play mm -hmm. a piano. Cause I play piano and I wanted her parents to be pastors, not necessarily both of them, but I wanted her pastor to be, uh, or her dad or her mom to be a pastor. Right. And it's crazy. And I, and I got exactly that. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> yes, sir. So <clears throat> tell me about coming to faith in Christ. 
-hmm. Like, you know, what led up to it? Mm -hmm. You know, how old were you? Just tell me about that experience. So I was a musician pretty much. um, Let's see here. I started off singing on the choir, sung on the choir at my my grandma's church back in the day. And um, they always struggled with musicians. They never could get musicians or keep musicians. Um, I remember that one musician that they was having to help out, he lived in Colombia and he didn't have a license. Okay. So for church service, they had to go to Colombia, pick him up, come all the way back to the church wow. so he can play. And I remember saying, like, you know, I wish I could play. I could help the church out. Um, I never told, I never told, I don't think I told anybody that, but my aunt, my aunt Lillian was um, taking piano lessons. She always had a piano at the house. Mm-hmm. And um, I would, she would always used to say, don't play my piano. I'd be trying to play it. Get off my piano, right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, she used to work at, I think, Legs um, Plant, leg, Legs Hosiery, I think is what it was called in Marion. And I remember she would get up in the morning to go to work. And when I hear her close the door, I would get up and go in there and play a piano. <laughs> and I would play her piano until she got back home. Wow. I would play the piano like pretty much all day. So I remember um, one day she came, she must have came home early or something. I was in there playing the piano. And she called my aunts in the room. She says, this boy here playing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. I was playing the song, we wish wow. you a Merry Christmas. She says, this boy here playing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. So then she, she started paying for me to take piano lessons. And um, so that's kind of how I got into into the you know the music side of things. So, long story short, I'm playing piano at the church. Um, it was a summer that came up, and it was my aunt Lynn's daughter, Cynthia. Um, she said, "Come stay with me this summer in Charlotte." So I went to Charlotte, and uh, when I'm in Charlotte, they was having this Bible study. And you know, never before this, I really got into like reading the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the pastor at the church would be preaching. Ain't the Lord good? Ha! And I'll go, ding, 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't have no Bible in my hand. I was just right. going, ding, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I never really read the Bible like that. But when I was in Charlotte with um, Miss Cynthia, um, they was doing this house Bible study. Okay. And they was going around the room like saying, you know, if you're not saved, you can get saved. And I'm sitting there like, what is saved? You know what I'm saying? What does right. this stuff mean? And uh, that's when, I, that's when I, I got saved there. And then we had, uh, I got baptized um, there as well in in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I got a real hunger at that point. It's like, man, this is some pretty cool stuff, right? I'm I'm, I'm doing the Bible study and and I'm listening to these stories. I'm like, wow, that's in the Bible? And I I would find myself reading um, pretty often at that time. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because in Charlotte, it was this, in the neighborhood they was in, it was these guys, they would play basketball and stuff and they would be rough, right? So I wouldn't want to play with them. I'm out there, I didn't have church, I didn't have sneakers, man. I would play church shoes, right? I have my right. church shoes on, I'm out there like Jordan, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um I didn't want to play with them because it was kind of rough. Yeah. And um one day we we were right after playing basketball, I played with him this day, and the guy, we walking back to the apartment and he came in and he was like, Man, there's something about you. He was just talking to me, there's something about you. And I was just telling him about God, man. I was telling him about how I was reading the Bible. And he was like, I want to do that. I want to do wow. that too. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, I want to get baptized. I told him I was baptized. He was like, I want to get baptized. Man, I, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. Yeah. 
But he was like, I want to get baptized. He was like, can you baptize me? I'm like, man, I don't know how to do that stuff. <laughs> Bro, we was in there like trying to do it, man. It was like in the bathtub, like just get in there, you know. But man, it was, it was, but it was, you know, and that kind of let you know, man, like people be watching, right? People be watching. But that's kind of how I kind of got into the church, right? It's for, well, I've been in church, but that's kind of how I got into understanding like, okay, you know, you can be saved, you know, you can... Um, you can baptize, right? And, and here's, here's you know, study the word, that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm excited about that, man, because if it was that one summer in Charlotte, North Carolina. Like, if it wasn't for that, like, I'd probably still be going, ain't the Lord good, without reading the Bible, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. A lot of people grow up in church, and they think they're okay. They mm-hmm. think I'm going to church. Well, what they've fallen into is religion, mm. and wow. they haven't received God's gift of salvation. Mm-hmm. But that relationship that comes with that salvation is so much more than what people realize. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people want fire insurance. Mm. They want to miss right. hell. You know, they want to live this life and do their thing, and you know, be God of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they don't understand how fulfilling a relationship, an actual relationship with God is and, and how that can change their life and, you know, what God has in store for them here. Mm-hmm. So about how old were you during that time? Uh, I was probably about maybe... I don't know, man. Probably about 15, 16, maybe. Okay. Somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. All right. Good deal. And you and Miss Bev got married. How old were you? I was uh, 19. I was going on. It was actually, I think I had just, I just turned 20. I had just turned 20. I turned 20 in aug- that August, and we got married in um, December. Wow. That's pretty awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Um, how has God shown himself to you, you know, in your in your life since you've come to know him, wow, man, <laughs> well, this can go along. How, how many hours we had? Man, so you know the biggest thing here recently that pops into my mind is, um, of course, during the pandemic, um, mm-hmm. we our family we've always been you know pretty careful, right? We we're gonna do the face mask stuff like that. Try to be careful, and right. um, my daughter started feeling ill she started being kind of weak and we were and like how old is she she's she at that time she was uh 15 okay so she was 15 and she started feeling real weak so my, my my wife would take her to the to the doctor the doctor would say she's dehydrated right just okay. give her some fluids okay cool we'll give her some fluids make sure she's drinking the water uh, she started not acting like herself uh, she started losing weight like a lot of weight wow. and um when i when i knew something was wrong is um, one day I came uh, I came in the room and um, she was looking all weak and um, I said, "You want to ride with Daddy? You want to ride with Daddy? Want to ride around the block?" And she's like, "No," and that was kind of odd because like normally she'd be like, "Yes," right? So she was like, "No," and she was like, "But I gotta use the bathroom." I said, "Okay." So she gets up and I'm trying to help her because she was getting skinny. I'm trying to help her and I'm touching like her hand and her arm. She's like, "Ooh, ow!" And I'm like, "It hurt when I touch your arm." So uh, my mother-in-law came over, and I'm glad. My mother-in-law just happened to come over. My mother-in-law, mm-hmm. and I told her what was going on. She said, we might need to take her to the emergency room. 
And I'm like, okay. So we took her to the emergency room. My wife calls me crying. They're saying that she's not in good shape or whatever. And I'm like, it's okay. God got us. Right? I remember seeing it. Like, God got us. I was like, she was playing the piano. I was practicing the piano at the house. And I remember, it's all right. God got us. Right? And um, so we, we get off the phone. And um, next thing I know, they were saying that they're going to have to take her to Florence. Okay. I'm like, oh, no problem. Take her to Florence. So we take her to Florence. And um, while she's in Florence, I'm in there trying to make it like, doing little dances and stuff, trying to make her laugh and stuff. She's smiling sure. a little bit, but I can tell she's kind of weak. So they, um, the doctor said, we're going to have to take her to Charleston, South Carolina. So I'm thinking like, okay, Charleston, South Carolina, when? When do you want to do that? And he says, tonight. I'm like, tonight? He says, yes, the helicopter's on the way. I'm like, the helicopter? Like, My what's goodness. going on? So you have a 15-year-old, otherwise normally healthy, young 15-year-old girl. Right. And now all of a sudden... The doctor feels like it's urgent enough to airlift her to Charleston. Right. That's right. got to be so scary. Scary, bro. Scary. So they actually calls in the, um, I don't know what you call them, I guess the priest, right, uh, to come in and pray with us and stuff. I'm like, what's going on? And he, the doctor says, before we, before they airlift her, we're going to need to put this tube like in her neck. I'm saying, okay, um, all right. So we had to sign some stuff, and they, put the, they go to put this tube in her neck, and she colds. Like she literally dies, like for like eleven minutes, and they're sitting wow. there pressing on her and stuff. And I and and we could see everything. There was no shield. There was we was like right there by her. They wow. didn't ask us to get out the room. They didn't pull the curtain. Nothing. So we seeing everything. And um, you know, it, it's it's even in that moment, man. I remember my wife and I because we were praying. The priest was there, right? We, the, the, the pastor, whoever he was there. He's he's praying with us. Um. You know, and we finished praying. I'm looking over there, and I'm still seeing them pressing on her. We're like, "Come on, justice!" And then the the the, the pastor the guy was like, "I guess he was trying to take our mind off of it." He was like, "So tell me a little bit about justice." You know, he was getting us to try to talk about her. It was like, you know, she's fun. You know, always smiling, like to have fun, telling jokes. We doing that kind of stuff. And then um, he was like, "How y'all feeling right now?" He's kind of saying that, and I said, "We're good." I said, "Either way, we're good." You know what I'm saying? And it's like at, right after me and my wife was kind of on the same thing. Like either way, we good, right? If she leaves, she's going to a better place. You know, it was kind of like talking like that. And then it was like they got a pulse. It was wow. crazy, bro. So they 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 said we we're gonna airlift her, but there's no guarantee that she'll make it. She's that weak, right? So we go to uh, we drive. We had to go home. We just had enough time to pack some clothes and go, right? So we go to um, to Charleston. We get there, man. They got. All these pipes coming out of her, man. It was a horrible scene. So we're we're looking, we're seeing all these pipes coming out of her, and um, it was like, man, what to do now? So they ended up right. telling us they basically shut her body down. So she had something yeah. called Miss C. Miss C is um, it's a they they basically were saying that if you heard of anybody who died from COVID, most likely they had Miss C. They just didn't know the name of it. Okay. So Miss C would shut down your heart, your lungs. It would shut down like all of your internal organs. Everything was shut down. Her kidneys. So she was on the kidney dies machine. She was on the heart machine, the lungs machine. She had all these machines around her. Um, and man, God healed her like literally in a mo- like days, days. Like every day was a new testimonial. I was as a matter of fact, I remember um, on day one when we cut that morning, they said we might have to cut her leg off. Right. The very next day, they said we might have to cut it off from like the knee area, not the whole leg. Right. The ve- this is no joke. The very next day, 
we might have to cut it off at the ankle. The very mm. next day, we might have to just cut off some toes. Wow. And um, I remember um, my wife and I, um, we, were, we were getting, there was a, I can't remember. It was like a, um, I can't remember the, the, the person's job, but there was like to, to kind of make sure the families is okay or whatever. Sure. And um, they was asking my wife basically kind of the same thing. How do you feel? Right? What's going through your mind? And my wife says something. She said, um, she says, I just have to get used to the new norm. She said that. Right. And, I've, and, I'm, and, and it kind of did something to me. She said that. I just have to get used to the new norm. And um, after that lady walked off, I said, babe, we can't do that. She's like, what are you talking about? It's like, we're not speaking the same thing. Right. Yeah. She was saying we have to get rid of the new, used to the new norm. Now, the new norm, I've never heard of anybody use that new norm phrase until this pandemic. Right. right. Nobody's ever used the new norm. It yeah. just don't even sound right. So I was like, no, we I'm, I'm speaking. I'm believing in complete healing. Right. I'm completely I'm, I'm believing in complete. You know, everything is back 100 percent. And um, and she agreed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we stopped thinking, well, she stopped thinking new norm. And when she was saying new norm, she was thinking, what if she had to walk with some crutches? Sure. What if she had to have a wheelchair? You know, that was that was the, the mindset coming behind the new norm. And I was like, no, we got to be speaking the same thing, right? And uh, we did, man. It was like, boom. So much so that the doctors and the nurses, they was coming in like, you're our miracle child. Like wow. this is a miracle. They actually, matter of fact, they're doing a. They're putting her in a lot of the textbooks for the Charleston Medical School. Sure. They're putting her in the textbooks. That's it's amazing. crazy, bro. Yes, you know it really shows <clears throat> your faith in God. You're you're Miss Bev. Mm -hmm. I have three children. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine watching them try to bring my child back to mm -hmm. life. Yeah, bro. And. You know, that's something that only God can give someone peace in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing like a love for a child. Right. And, um, you know, for God just to put you in that place to where, you know, it's in God's hands and mm -hmm. she's going to be fine either way. Right. That's a testament to your faith, but that's also a testament to God that that's how much he has us. That's right. You know, we're going to be fine either way, no matter what goes on in our lives. Mm -hmm. And although I've never experienced it, I've heard often that's the worst thing anyone can go through is the loss of a child. Right. And I've seen people recover from that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I know that you know, only God can, can help through that type of thing. And so where do things stand today, you know, with your daughter? Man, she's back 100%. She's back running and jumping. Uh, she just went to a checkup uh, a couple of days ago, about three days ago, actually. And um, everything is well. It's, it's, the checkups now is really turning into case studies. They're just studying okay. her right now. And, um, you know, just kind of going back, getting the paper trail together, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, man, everything is – she's back to justice. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, I – Really, I got one more question for you. Okay. Um, ever since I've known you, you've been high energy, super positive, mm -hmm. um, 
kind of speaking to where you want things to go in your life and you encourage others. You've encouraged me through some, some hard times. Mm -hmm. Has your mindset always been that way or was there a time in your life where you were struggling maybe financially or something else mm -hmm. to where something happened and gave you that positive attitude where God brought that change in your life? Yeah, definitely. We've, we've been on both sides of the spectrum. Um, man, we, my wife and I first got married. We was, I, I used to say broke as a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We was broke as a joke, man. We moved into this uh, two-bedroom block house. There was no insulation. There was a, probably about a two- or three-gap space up under the front door where lizards and stuff would come in the house. It was a cement block, cement floor. So and I'm saying that to say it was very cold in the winter. Oh, right? very, we would, it, it snowed one time, and you could literally see your breath in the house. Wow. Like we go, and you can see it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, but we loved each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It didn't all the way matter because we loved each other so much, man. Um, so, you know, but I, I wanted it better, right? I wanted it better for us. Um, you know, we uh, was, my wife got pregnant. We was, we was going to have my son, Justin. Okay. And, um, you know, at that point is when I was like, I got to have a better life for them. Right. I got to, I got to make it, I got to make it work. I don't know how I'm going to make it work, but I got to make it work. Um, Cause at this time we was paying, I don't know if you heard of those buy here, not the, um, those checking advance places, mm -hmm. you know, checking the cash, yeah. you know, national check advance. I owed all of them. Okay. Right. I owed every single last one of them, man. It was like bar from Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, yeah. That was me. I was, I was doing all, all the disciples. I was paying them all. Um, but it got to, it got stressful because um, eventually it catches up with you. Right. It, eventually, Everybody's due. So I remember sitting at home one day, and I, I, I used to call it my church face. I had a church face. Yeah. I had a church face. I'm, I'm not doing very well, but I'm, I'm struggling, but I'm smiling. Right? Right. I'm like, it's going to work out, so to speak. And my mother-in-law come in the house. She's like, hey, Curtis. I'm like, hey. I had my little church face on. She's like, what's yeah. wrong? I said, nothing. <laughs> Nothing's wrong, right? She said, yep, something's wrong. I said, everything is good. Praise the Lord. You know. Mm -hmm. She says, uh, nah. Something's wrong. What's what's going on? And I just boo, I just boo crying, man. I'm crying. I'm telling them, I'm saying, um, I can't pay all these bills. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's something that's like the last person you want to tell. Your mother-in-law, right? Yeah. It's the last person I want to tell that we're struggling with bills. And you, know? you got that pride and you want to take care of her exactly. daughter and your wife. And exactly. Yeah, that's rough. So I'm in there like and I'm telling them I got these by here, these um taking advance loans and stuff. And she says, Come get in my car. And I'm thinking she's about to just tell me off, right? I'm thinking yeah. she's about to really stick it to me. You know, I'm messing up right now. I got a daughter. You know, we're about to have, you know, kids and all this stuff. Sure. So she gets me in the car, and she cranks the car up, and we leave. I'm thinking like, oh, oh, she's about to take me to her dad. This is worse <laughs> than I, this, is, this is worse than I thought, yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? I'm really in trouble now. So she ended up going to each one of those chicken advance places. And pays them off. Wow. She literally goes, how much you owe that one? 320 pay it off. How much you owe that one? 340 right? It was something yeah. like that. Like, she was, like, going, and we are paying them off. And, man, I felt like, you know, it's, it's like everybody need help sometimes, yep. right? But we don't know who to ask. We don't, because we're afraid, okay, they might think some a certain way. But everybody need help sometimes, right? At that time, I needed help. So we get back to the house, and I'm thanking her. Man, I couldn't thank her enough. And I was like, 
I feel like I'm going to be helping people get out of debt. Like, I feel like this is what you just did for me, I'm going to be able to do for other people. And I feel like I'm going to be teaching people how to not get in the situation. And that's what I do now. Literally just find, hey, we're going to better the situation. Because I've been there, right? So it's like you can learn something. You can you can learn to learn, or you can learn to teach. So I I want to learn, and now I'm going to teach it. And then when I teach somebody, I want them to learn so that they can teach it. Now we can help a community. So that's how it works. Yeah, you know, life is stressful enough, mm-hmm. and then whenever you add uh, financial stress. Yeah, I also got married at a young age. I got married at 19, and started having children right away and mm-hmm. I can remember a time <clears throat> where my direct deposit hit mm. and I was still in the hole mm. you know I paid bills and somehow forgot the you know that I'd paid this and that I'd paid this and one thing happened after the other next thing I know you know I, I owe the bank money you know, my account's in the negative. I got paid. I was still in the negative. Yes, bro. And thankfully, God has brought my family a long way mm. from there. Ooh. But, you know, that that really is something that people aren't taught. Now, my dad always taught me, you know, pay your bills. Mm-hmm. As soon as they come in, you get ready to write that check out. And, uh, you know, so I had a good foundation of, you know, hey, pay your bills, pay them on time. Right. But, you know, we still tend to get in, you know, the banking system is kind of set up against us. You know, take out this card, take out this, get it now, you mm-hmm. know, type thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to fall into these traps to where next thing, you know, you're just, you're looking up. And, you know, one thing, I'm glad you do this. And um, I believe the church offers a program as well mm-hmm. um, that teaches people financial you know, intelligence, right? You know, how to pay your bills, how to take care of certain things, different programs, mm-hmm. because a lot of us didn't learn that. Right. And it wasn't really any, a lot of times it wasn't anybody's fault. You know, like with me, you know, my parents, perfect credit score people that pay their debts and pay their bills and you never have any problems. But I, I didn't learn, you know, how to, how to budget, you know, and, and, not take out credit cards or store loans where you purchase things from stores. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a blessing that you help people with that thing. Yeah. Cause a lot of people just don't understand and they fall victim to a system that, you know, Hey, that's what these companies do. Right. You know, that's how they make the money and pay their bills. Um, but I, I really appreciate that about you and you know, you've encouraged me and you also teach people about their credit and mm-hmm. um, what to stay away from with that. Absolutely. So what is your, you've already kind of given what you feel like you need to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Your mission is really helping other people. Mm -hmm. What is the final message you would like to tell, tell people out there? Oh man. Um, So kind of two part. Uh, One is, you know, don't give up, right? Don't give up. Even when it looks like, like all hope is lost when it looks like, and it feel like maybe even right. Um, that you can't get out of a situation uh, that something is not able to be repaired, don't give up. You know, I always tell people to inspect what you expect. That basically means just to check your progress, right? If my goal is to go from A to D, then I want to see in 30 days, 
did I make it to B yet? Right? If I haven't made it to B yet, why didn't I make it to B yet? Let's tweak that to get to B. 30 more days, did I make it to C yet? If I didn't, why didn't I? Let's tweak what we have to do. And that's really it. So you have to inspect what you expect. So that's the first part. You know, don't give up. Um, you know, stay focused. All this stuff is kind of all together, but stay focused um, on whatever that goal is you have in life. You know, maybe it's to start a new business, right? Maybe it is to get out of debt. Maybe it is to have a better relationship, right? Maybe it's to um, travel more, right? Whatever that goal is for you and, and your family, just stay focused on it. Hey, this is my goal. Write it down. Keep it. Make it visual. Print it out. We used to do vision boards back in the day where you, you know, print out the type of car you want, print out the type of house you want. I remember I did that. Uh, my wife and I did that years ago. We went to a, uh, it was like a boot camp and and they were saying, do a vision board. Now, before this, we never really did a vision board, right? We would kind of imagine some things that we would like to have, but we never really did a vision board. And we did this together. Like we we're literally sitting together and we were like, okay, what kind of house do we want? And we, we both agreed, two story, okay, two story house. Uh, you know, what, how we want our kitchen to be laid out. And we drew it out. And I remember putting in there, I wanted like a, a meeting room. I wanted a meeting room in the house. And I wanted to have like a booth where, uh, you know, you can have a DJ set up. And um, I wanted a, a game room for the, the, for the kids upstairs. And, and we drew this out. Uh, man, this was probably in around 2000 and... Um, I don't know, maybe 2010, 2011, somewhere around there, when we drew that 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 layout out. And around 2014 or 13, we got that house. And it's like, I forgot about it. It's We didn't go and say, yeah, this is just like what we wanted. It's mm -hmm. like the game room, the meeting room. We actually call it the cafe, though, but it's actually a meeting room. Uh, with the movie room, we, you know, uh, two story house. We like everything that we wanted, we got without without necessarily knowing that that was what we wrote back then. So I think it just comes because you know when you kind of set in mind the things that you want, and you put that kind of focus to it, it start kind of lining up, right? So stay focused on your goals. Um, don't let anybody tell you something you can't do. You know, I kind of take that as a challenge when people tell me you can't do something, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I kind of take that as a challenge. Like, I'm going to do it now. Like, before, I probably didn't really want to do it, but I'm going to do it now. Um, and, um, yeah, don't let, nothing, don't let nothing get in your way. But, man, I appreciate you allowing me to share, man. This is, uh, this is pretty amazing. You know, I see, you know, I help, I help, I help, I help everywhere, right? And um, that's amazing because I can tell you do help people, and we appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. Well, you know, everybody needs someone like Curtis in their life, somebody that's positive and encouraging. Um, can't tell you how many times I've, you know, having a bad day like we all do, and I can call Curtis. He cheers me up, positive energy. Um, and, you know, maybe you're that person with all the energy. You know, go out and bless people. Use that gift that you have. Uh, Curtis, how, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and speak to you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Uh, best way is probably going to be um, social media, probably, um, like uh, Facebook. Um, Curtis, I think it just say Curtis D. Cross. But if you type in Curtis Cross on Facebook, that's going to be an easy way to, uh, to reach out to me. I, I have multiple pages on Facebook. One, I have a, a, a red sports jacket on. The other one, I have a gray sports jacket on. That's, that's a way to follow me. Instagram also. Yep, Instagram. 
Curtis Cross, I think it's Curtis Cross Team uh, on Instagram, and uh, you can follow me there. Uh, and um, hey, I'll be with Daniel. <laughs> so they reach you, they're going to reach me at the same time. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I thank you for taking the time to be here, Curtis, and uh, just sharing your story and your life with us. Um, it means a lot. And that's going to conclude today for We Are The Church podcast. I hope you'll join us uh, again. And uh, we just want to try to be a blessing and bring people like Curtis to you. Thank you.